Are you listening to the award-winning CBJRadio.com yet? 28 different shows, over 55 hours of new programming every week. Shows range from hip-hop shows to rock shows to theme shows to all independent artist shows to hair rock to a Friday night request show. Get yourself a CBJRadio.com t-shirt and make CBJRadio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Plaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. Hello friends, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks for asking. How was your Thanksgiving? Did you get to spend time with your loved ones? Or did you have to work? But if you did, did you get that holiday pay? Did you overeat? What is the leftover status at your house? Turkey sandwiches in your future? This episode comes out on Black Friday. So are you online shopping while listening to the show? Have you already decorated for Christmas? I think I will start next week, you know, in December. I really do enjoy Christmas lights and checking out all the creative displays in Laramie. It's a good time. There's a contest. It's fun. Uh, the lights are pretty cool in my mind. Uh, that's my favorite part of Christmas time. Now today's guest is Ashley Schluck and it was a lot of fun catching up with her and hearing all about where her life took her since I knew her as the freshman neighbor girl in the cheerleading uniform that would walk to the bus stop. Yes, we lived on the same street in our younger years but did not become friends until later on in life. But you'll learn all about it in this episode. Let's get to it. raised in Laramie, Wyoming. Um, <laughs> always going to get out, but never did. So I'm still here. So Ivanson baby. Ivanson baby. Yes. For uh, people that don't know Laramie, that is the, the big hospital here in Laramie. And so when I find out someone's born here, because not everyone is, I'm, I'm a transplant to Laramie, even though I've lived in Laramie the bulk of my life. Um, so I'll always ask Ivanson and like, oh yeah, oh yeah. How did uh, your parents meet? To make you know, <laughs> I honestly don't really know how my parents met. It's a question uh-huh. I've never really asked them, but I know that my mom came down from Alaska to go to school okay. here. Um, and my dad was in law school uh, here. He also went to the college here too, but uh, they met, I think, either while my dad was in law school or after my dad graduated from law school. So um, yeah, but I don't really know how they met or where they met or... <laughs> That's a Laramie connection. Is your dad's family originally from Wyoming or did how do you get connected to the university? So not originally from Wyoming. My um, grandpa moved around a little bit. So he was in Louisiana and Colorado. And then when my dad was probably, I don't know, mid kid age. So 10, 12, somewhere in there, they moved to Riverton, Wyoming. And then he finished out high school in Riverton. Gotcha. So you probably spent some time in Riverton. 
I did (laughs) in Fremont County. I did. My grandparents lived there till I was seven and then they moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico. So that's a jump. Yeah, Uh, it was a huge jump. Yeah. Um, So are you an only child? Do you have siblings? So I have um, one younger brother who is four years younger than I am. And then um, I have a half sister that I lost contact with because I lost contact with my mom, which not a sad story even though people say oh i'm sorry to hear that totally it is what it is um and then i have uh a stepbrother and a stepsister okay wow yeah a blended family like my family (laughs) i have stepmom stepdad they've been married to my mom and dad longer than i knew them to be married a lot longer um they were they're great step parents um they never were like call me dad you know any of that weird stuff yeah Uh, so, and they're, you know, all still alive and kicking. And, and so I tell people, if you need a parent, I got four and they'll yeah. love to be a parent for you. So, <laughs> they're good at it. And, uh, and I have three sisters cause I'm the only boy, which is now you're like, oh, of course it makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> and, and in one family, I'm a middle child and the other, I'm a baby, but I'm the only boy card is definitely sticks out the most. Uh, yeah. Sister that's six years older stepsister that's about four maybe three and then my younger sister's 11 years younger than me and so um i kind of had my own life childhood for a little bit during time periods um but a lot of the memories i have was with my older sister and my younger sister she's 11 i have a lot of great memories with her but 11 years is a lot of time like i'm in high school when she's in you know first grade and stuff like that so uh, we're great friends now. We're probably closer than my older sister and myself. But um, during the time period, I remember my older sister. She influenced me a ton musically, all that stuff. Were you, was your little brother just always wanting to hang out? Were you like, here's good music. Here's what you should wear. I tried to get my brother to listen to good music. And I think he eventually came around. Okay. Um, and even I think when he got older, like his teenage years, he might have given me a little bit of influential music and so um he never really wanted to hang out with me but i never really wanted to hang out with him we weren't particularly close being four years apart i think that it was just enough time that we got on each other's nerves and we didn't want each other around and so um not close and i still talk to him but still not very close with him today love him but um yeah yeah, we're two completely different people he's really smart and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am more of a social butterfly than he is. So he does things that, you know, he likes to be in his academic world. And um, is he like still, in, still in Wyoming? No, he is actually in South Korea. So he is yeah. a professor of economics in Seoul, um, teaching wow. at a, uh, a multicultural, multilingual school. So, yeah, he loves it there. Um, he moved there about gosh, eight years ago. So he got his uh, PhD from um, uh, ah. <laughs> Pennsylvania. What is it? Wharton, Wharton Business School. Huh? I couldn't, oh. like, it was totally like, yeah. So he went and got his PhD at Wharton Business School and um, kind of cool thing before he went to Wharton, he worked with Steve Levitt, who wrote okay. Freakonomics. So yeah, he's kind of had an interesting life and now he's in Seoul. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, yeah, definitely. I could see where there's some 
disconnect there with well now he's in Seoul that's halfway around the world yeah and, uh, he used to come once a year home yeah. and then COVID hit and we haven't we haven't seen him since yeah. so I my sisters like what Oregon Las Vegas Texas um we all branched out I was in New York for a little bit but I mean like I think my parents were like yep go explore the world go go check things out um if it takes you back to wherever takes back to her to home which where i'm at then that's what it was but at least you got out there and ch- check things out which yeah i think i did i think you did too uh, as a, <laughs> New as York a, is about as far as you can get without leaving the country right yeah pretty good yeah um i really thought i'd be on the east coast i mean the west coast growing up there and uh didn't quite make it back i remember when i moved back to wyoming and i was like five years and that came and went a long time ago yeah. uh, you're almost 20 back in laramie isn't and it funny so, how laramie like boomerangs people uh, back yeah and they stay and they're like well, i'm only here temporarily <laughs> i truly I, I you know just you career you follow your career and you're like how about i leave a good job and go yeah. to what i don't know in oregon just because i wouldn't live in oregon so and also i got really used to this sunshine in our state sure it may be 30 degrees <laughs> but it's but it's sunny out and or zero. it does a lot for your psyche like i go visit oregon and and i'm there especially in the winter time six out of seven days or whatever long is always just overcast which i never knew growing up but now i noticed at the time so i was like i mean i still love the place love the people family there but don't see myself living there anytime because I like the sun. Yeah. Um, and so speaking of Wyoming, remind you back, what were you, you, I glossed over a lot of stuff. What were you into as a kid considering, uh, you know, your brother wasn't, you know, trying to be your shadow. So yeah. you were by yourself exploring the world. Were I... you chemically inclined? Were you uh, athletically inclined? So socially actually, inclined <laughs> socially for sure i always okay. loved a good social gathering um and and was definitely a social butterfly you know how like back in the day they used to have like that check mark box in school oh, yeah. for your report card and i always got the check talks too much every <laughs> every single time i don't think there ever was a time that it wasn't checked so mm-hmm. that was clearly an issue for me um in school but i i'm one of those students that I didn't apply myself very much until, well, until after my first year of college. (laughs) So I didn't really get good grades, um, but I didn't get good grades because I didn't do the work and I didn't study and I didn't care. Um, So I did just enough to to stay eligible for cheerleading because that's that was my sport was cheerleading that's what i did um and so it was one of those things that i didn't really get good grades i felt like i was constantly in trouble with my dad um for not getting good grades and i remember like rushing home to try to beat the mail when i knew like that mid-year report was going to come in that said you're not doing well in this class so um i steamed open a few envelopes in my day (laughs) <laughs> can't do that anymore i kind of feel bad for our kids yeah well we ruined it for them and, <laughs> that we did and i think we, well we ruined it for them too that a lot of us um had divorced families had like um one parent around uh or parents that were just working and they were like well you're alive so that's a bonus and and like the whole thing with oh don't come on to the street lights come on like 
Yeah. Um, only ride your bike this far. Always rode further. Um, always. Yeah. Um, it was, I, I had a time where I got to explore life and I never, I was like, I knew of nobody that was taken as when I was a kid. None of my friends, nobody was taken. And now we have a, this whole nightmare that it's going to happen again, or it's going to start just happening with more cameras in the world and more people yeah. watching out. And, and so we, we didn't have helicopter parents. So we became helicopter parents. You know, uh, it was interesting. I yeah. read this like interesting article. It was in psychology today. And they were talking yeah. about how it's not really a helicopter parent. Like now it's like a, uh, general manager of a construction right. like they are the general you know manager and they like direct everybody how to raise their kids and then if they're not raising their kids right then they totally yell and scream and throw a fit so i think it's kind of appropriate nowadays yeah. i see a lot of these construction parents where you know they expect everybody to raise their kids and then if it's not done in the way that they want it to be done then they just fire yeah. Them. <laughs> oh yeah i can see that too yeah I don't have any kids, so I, I'm probably speaking out of turn here. But what I see and what I hear from my friends, um, I'm always shocked that parents will be like, oh, I got to take my son or daughter to practice. And I was like, oh, when are you going to be back? And they're like, after practice. And I'm like, you go and hang out during practice. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, why? That's that's like your time. That's free time. <laughs> right? Like my mom... My parents were like, we're going to be there for games. Don't get me where we will be there. Practice. I'm going to do shopping practice. I'm going to do a lot of other things. Yeah. And so I, I coached fourth and fifth grade basketball and sixth grade, but luckily the parents weren't in practice just yet. I've been weirded out. I wasn't like, there was not nothing to hide, but it's just practice and working on fundamentals. It's not, you know, you don't need a second voice in your head from your parent from the sideline. Because then I'm like, well, if you can do this, come out and coach. Yeah. Well, thankfully, yeah. you know, I've sat through a few practices. Um, I'm yeah. one of those parents. Uh, not because I'm like watching or anything like that. I feel like sometimes it's helpful to be able to, you know, go over some of the things that Carson does in practice. Okay. And, you know, um, thankfully, the parents that come and watch practice uh, don't say anything. Okay. Kind of, I mean, we're all kind of chattering with one another. It's almost a social hour, which is another reason I like doing it. Uh -huh. because I can chat with all of my, my kids as, you know, parents, the, the players on their team and, you know, catch up with them since, you know, we don't really get to do that a whole lot. So um, I don't really pay attention to practice. Like I would hope, <laughs> I guess, but I chit chat with everybody else while I'm there. <laughs> well, don't make it like parents feel bad if they can't do practice. There you go. No, right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Don't feel bad. If you can't do practice, you're probably, yeah not missing out on much. And if I've got stuff to do, if I've got shopping that I need to do, or I have errands to run, or I need to finish something up at work, I'm happy to leave my kid because I, I trust his coaches. So you should start coaching again. I feel like you yeah. should. That'd be great. Yeah, I do enjoy it. I did enjoy <laughs> it. Um, it's a whole new level to have to learn some things. I probably come from an old school world of coaching, but I think I could adapt if I, I ever got back to it. 10 year olds, 11 year olds. I, oh, yeah. I feel like that's totally, oh. <laughs> you could do that. And, and when I coached that age, I was like, yeah, winning's great, but I want you guys to keep playing. Yeah. So come to me when you're a senior and say, Hey, I, I kept playing basketball. And I ran into a few of them 
later in life and they were drinking in the bars so that, that was crazy to me but they were like i played basketball through high school and i was like sweet yeah it's awesome so you could also but, coach football they do yeah, that now yeah i did coach that level and it's fun i love coaching it, it was good it's been a long time but something i'll think about but thanks yeah i think you should oh, yeah. I'll, I'll circle yeah. back around with you in a couple of months but I understand the getting the good grades are the grades enough to play sport or to, to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was me. Um, for sure. And even though I was surrounded by educators, um, they're a little soft on me. Uh, yeah. Oh, which, yeah. uh, you know, thanks. Um, <laughs> I wish I would have applied myself more. Uh, I spent a lot of time smash my body into things instead of like, you know, trying to fill my head with knowledge. Looking back, I'm, I loved every second of playing athletics, but now I sound like a popcorn machine and uh, can't really use a whole lot of those skills anymore. Um, but I still got to use my head. And so I feel like I, I learned more after I was done with sports where yeah. I was like, but I was a terror. I was not a good student in college. I love the social side of it. Uh-huh. That was that was the thing. And uh the quicker like you know, graduation, it was like, no, I don't want to leave this. Why? And now that I'm way out of it, I'm like, oh, God, why did you want to stick around? That was like living dirt poor and and struggling oh, yeah. and the work on I loved college. Yeah. But, yeah. I like look back on it and you know, school came really easy to me. Um, my first semester, I decided to just not go to class at all yeah, ever because you know you when you're in high school and you're signing up for 8 a.m classes that seems like a great idea because you're like i go to school at 8 a.m right yeah. now in high school so it should be really easy to go to an 8 a.m class when you're in college uh no, no. <laughs> like not easy at all i skipped all of those 8, 8, 8 a.m classes i never went to class uh except to take a test didn't really study for my test um my GPA certainly reflected it. Uh, yeah. I had a come to Jesus talk with my dad after my first semester that was like, this is not acceptable. Uh, if you want us to keep paying for school, uh, something is going to change. And then I found that all I had to do was just go to class. And then I like my GPA improved substantially. I probably overshot that one a bit because then my dad's like, well, now we expect this from you every time. Ah, yeah. You know, it can happen. Uh, retook a bunch of classes. So, um, yeah, at least I, I came around later on and, and figured out a way that if I could just go to class and study when I needed to, I could still have my social life. So did you know, I mean, it's hard to kind of skirt it here in Laramie, but did you know you wanted to, you were going to college coming out of high school? Was yeah, that, I mean, thing? Yeah, anything I wanted to do, I knew that I had to go to college. So okay. that's something that I wanted to do. But thankfully, um, thankfully, UW just took students that came from high schools here in Wyoming, because otherwise, yes. I might have had a, a hard go at it trying to get into college because of my grades in high school, which actually surprises people. But uh, yeah, I didn't do so great when I was in high school. So I think that they probably would have given me a very hard look uh, when I applied at UW by today's standards, because I know that they don't really do that as much anymore. Oh, yeah. We had to have a a Wyoming diploma, and I was in, because I thought I was going to play college football. So I kind of held out applying to UW until the very end, and I was like, like, how do I get in? My mom's like, just sign up. And I was like, what? (laughs) 
easy enough, right? I'm in. So yeah, it was it was expected. Um, I mean, both my, my mom and stepdad worked at the University of Wyoming. My dad had the masters, he's a teacher, so was my stepmom. And so it was like, we're gonna pay for your college. But yeah, there was a lot, a few talks of if we're gonna keep paying for you to not go to class, we're not gonna pay. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh and it slowly it became on me they kind of they're like you're taking too long like i took an extra <laughs> year which oh, i knew I that did, was coming yeah i did the extra like it took me six years but yeah. like i kept deciding like i don't really know what i want to do i don't know if i want to do that um so i had gotten a degree in psychology and then it was like well what do i want to do with that and then i was like oh, i'll just get a criminal justice degree and so i went and did that and then like after i was coming to the end of that one my dad was like you need to figure your life out like you need to figure your shit out and get moving on because you can't stay in college forever so then i just stayed in college for another three years and went to law school <laughs> well uh, yeah but law school is different like you gotta take a big ass test to get in there so yeah you do <laughs> yeah. so yeah that's not just like hey god allow me diploma i'm in no yeah law school is way different and, and a different type of student and it, i mean um, none, a few people to go through law school here. So I'm always like, yeah. And then like, I've hung out in the building to fix technology and I'm like, yeah. hey, it's a whole different level of stress. I'm not wanting to be around. And it's uh, really funny. Cause like the university of, of Wyoming law school, the stress level compared to like other law schools around oh, yeah. the nation, like was nothing. I mean, we all helped each other. We all got along with each other for the most part. Um, you know, personalities are always a thing, but, uh, you know, we would have people that would like be like, oh, hey, I saw that you missed class today. Here are my notes. Um, and we just copy them for them. So it was really cool that way. Uh, I heard at other law schools from other, you know, people that I knew going to them that people would literally like rip pages out of books in the library. So, you know, other people couldn't find them to get the answers. So kind of crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whole new level of stress. So, we didn't do that. We got along here at the University of Wyoming, and, and I, I'm appreciative of that because we had a really great group of people, which, you know, it translates later on into, you know, career and professional life because we all know each other. Those yeah. who stayed in Wyoming, we all practice together. So, yeah, yeah got to stay cordial with one another. Yeah, I, I, I was. I, it was a stress, but it didn't seem like it was a, a me against you stress. It was yeah. we're all trying to cram a bunch of information <laughs> ahead stress. A lot and of information that our professor needs us to know. You know. Different level of law students. So there's some that are just you know, a little more relaxed. Yeah, that's what we do. And there's well, some kind that of like are a constant. Like, Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a constant because like you have to do your reading. And I remember because they have like flashcards and they kind of randomly draw flashcards and uh, they call on you and they ask like questions of you kind of like back at elementary school where you actually yeah. have to answer stuff that you never had to do when you were in college. And I just remember this one time because like that's that's the pressure they put on you is like you have to do your reading because you might get called on. And I remember this one time I had already been called on. So I was like, I'm good for a while. Like they have these cards and I was talking in class. And so I deserved it. But my professor was like, hey, Ashley, what do you think about this case? And I had not read the case, like had not. And I had the two people sitting next to me, like trying to like tell me in both my ears, like what the case was about. And there was just a moment where I just was like, 
you know, I didn't read it. So you may as well move on to somebody else. And like, that was like the most freeing moment for me because I was like, well, that's the, like, nothing happened to me. I didn't die. Like I didn't yeah. get struck by lightning. So um, that was really freeing for me because then I didn't feel like I had to read everything. Um, professors didn't, you know, like it if you didn't read, but on the other hand, I, I didn't feel as much pressure as some of my other students, fellow students did. And, and, and other students right now are like, you can do that. You can do that <laughs> Maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. It depends you, on your professor. <laughs> yeah. You can do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, looking now, I mean, I'm working with professors all the time and they the power they had over me over my own mental state like i thought compared to what i know now i'm like oh yeah yeah um, but i was i'm very much a hands-on learner um i had that eight o'clock biology class yeah that was um oh, i'll take it my freshman year i wow. barely made it because um there's a cute girl that <laughs> was on the track team that if i timed it right i just follow her to class and maybe i just learned some stuff and then, and then uh had a lab and that i was good at that stuff and so i was like that was one of the better classes i mean barely made it by but i was like i can't believe i made it an eight i'll never do that again yeah if i don't have to this is not happening again um and, that was and the eight o'clock biology class that i skipped <laughs> yeah oh yeah i get it i get it. i'm why i mean then there were other times later in life where i was working in bars and I was like, oh, that's great until the nights I had to work in the bar on the next day. And then it was not so great attendance. And yeah, uh, yeah uh, I, I remember running to a guy on campus, I think my second year, and he was the same class as I was. And he was like, I'm, he's like, we're just talking. He's just flying. And he's like, oh, hey, you know, what's up, man? It's like, how many classes are you taking? He's like, I think he was like 18 or 20, 20 hours. And I went, what? And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this done in two years. And I went, I'm going to go to school for longer than that. And so I'm going to have fun for you. And then yeah. thanks. And he ran off. And now he's an MD. He's a doctor. Oh. And so, now, you know. Perfect way to look off. at it, though. I'm glad that you had fun for everyone. I did. I tell you I saw him Tongo and I told him the same story. And I said, I had fun for you. <laughs> so he's like, I also had fun for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so when you, um, you know, went off to college. University of Wyoming, were you like, um, you know, I'm from Laramie, I'm going to spread my social butterfly wings, or I, I, you know, I end up hanging out with more Laramie people. It was very interesting to me, uh, only because I lived here just five years, so I didn't hang out with the same people I did in high school. And so it was a different, interesting story, and getting to know the other side of Laramie, the little more wild side of Laramie to me. Yeah, so I actually spread my wings. Um, yeah. I didn't hang out with a lot of Laramie people because I remember being in high school. And so it kind of frightens me for when my kid gets into high school, like, you yeah. know, all the college kids, like you don't know them all, but you know, the ones from Laramie and then they're inviting you to parties. And yeah. so, you yeah. know, we went to a lot of parties in high school and they were always college parties. And because, you know, you were in high school, freshmen look young too. So we could always just say that we were freshmen and we always kind of had like a, a line of what we were, you know, undeclared or whatever, <laughs> figuring out life. Um, so I like when I went to college, I um, was encouraged to rush. So I joined oh, yeah. Pi Phi um, and really the only person from Laramie 
that I hung out with at that time was Becky because she also joined PiFi. So um, hung out with her, but she did her own thing too. So uh, the thing that I loved about the PiFi house is we had like our house, like every house had like, you know, this was the Casper house and this was the Cheyenne house. And so our house was like the house with everybody from everywhere. We had a lot of people from California, a lot of people from Colorado. So I got to know a lot of really cool people from all over the place, which was fun and exciting. Oh, yeah. I well, I, I joined a fraternity when I was 20. Mm-hmm. And because I was like, I need to meet other people from besides like, let me let my friends. Some of them are still my best friends. Um, but I was like, and I'd met a friend of mine while we're working at a UW mover job and he was in the Pike house and like, he was a 49ers fan. He was a Yankee fan. So I was like, man, we just vibe as friends and we went over to this house and I was like, the thing I was interested in test files and yes. yeah, test files and building a network out of college. Um, by then I knew how to drink and I probably thought I knew how to meet girls. So I was like, all right, those things are ha- already happening. So let's try to expand. And I actually had fun. I got some of my best grades because I had to study yeah. a party. Um, but I turned 21 when I was in the house. And so I was going to the bars a lot and then became a DJ. And I was like, that social life versus Pike life. And right. And some other things happened in the Pike house that I wasn't, I didn't <laughs> think were cool. So I kind of was like, uh, time to move on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also left my last year, so I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yet, I mean, it's, it's interesting how everywhere I go, they're like the Greek systems huge, but the university of Wyoming is tiny and it's getting yeah. smaller. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's interesting because I always think everybody kind of comes from a, um, like a sorority house, fraternity house, cause they all come from small towns. So when you come from like Big Piney, you're going to know all the people from Big Piney. So you're probably going to hang out with them. Yeah. And it's already pre-built, you know, sororities, fraternities. It takes, you know, a person to step out of that mold and be like, okay, I'm going to join up. And then you're lucky enough, you get, you know, a bunch of good people from all over the place. Yeah. Um, and a lot of you probably, hopefully you still talk to today. Yeah, um, I do. A lot of them were in my wedding. So oh, yeah. yeah. And, and. So, but yet I think um, the Greek system needs to uh, to evolve um, yes. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, then, then, or it's going to be obsolete. Um, well, I think what happened, and, and I saw it happening when I was there. Is you know, a lot of people join Greek life to for the social aspect. Like, there's a yeah. lot of people that join for the academic aspect as well. But um, I know, especially with like fraternities and stuff, um, you know back in the day, it was kind of a free for all with drinking and partying and, you know, doing whatever. And I remember kind of when I got there, we started like having the risk management and they had, you know, they started like monitoring parties. And um, so I think that some of the allure of the Greek system kind of, you know, it lost its luster. So people stopped joining and people, I mean, obviously my house is no longer here. Yeah. yeah, It's just the Tobin house now, no longer the Pi-Fi house, but Uh, so I think that that was part of it is you just kind of, you can't rush people if you don't have what they want. So yeah, you're right. It has to evolve. It has to change. And when the university is saying, we don't want big parties, we don't want this like animal house, if you will, then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that was one of the movies I remember watching during Rush. Oh, yes. Yeah, that and a few other ones. We had a, a task we had to do. And so we watched movies. And I I got a, I already have a nickname. It's rude. Um, but I said, like, one time I walked in and we were watching Revenge of the Nerds. And I was like, nerds. And they're like, ogre. And that stuck for a little bit. But then not very long. I was like, no, no, no you can't. You'll no. always be rude, I think. Yeah. It's, yeah. Nothing else. There's one guy that if I ran, or two guys, if I ran into him uh, in widespread panic circles, they would call me money, which it was interesting because money, because I was good with like quips and jokes, not because I had the money. And so <laughs> he's like, oh, that's money. You're so funny. And I was like, I like it. But yeah. Otherwise, it's been rude since uh, when I was 13. Uh, no, long, younger than the app. 12, got in Oregon. Um, didn't bring the nickname with me to Wyoming and then just picked up again, have a tattooed on me, but it's always people meet me and they're like, like, hi, I'm, I'm Justin, but this whole place is going to call me rude. Yeah. And like, really? And I'm like, I'm not a rude person, but you can ask them. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you're but, actually one of the nicest people I know. So I, I don't, I guess I am. I know. Yeah, I, I like, You were rude. always very kind. I feel like even when we were annoying high schoolers and <laughs> I mean, you were always very kind. So nice person. You're always yeah. good to me. Thank you. I mean, I guess it's, I think it's easier to be nice than it is to be mean. It's hard to be mean. Yeah. So that's kind of, and so with having that nickname, it's kind of like people that are, you know, big, they call tiny and, and lefty and <laughs> like that. So I'm not really rude, um, but I am rude. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, it's a good nickname to have. Uh, it's probably the last name and everything like that. Definitely uh, the last yeah. name. Did you, did you ever have any nicknames growing up? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, actually, I, I don't even know. Uh, so my maiden name was Caster. So oh, a yeah. lot of people called me Caster. Um, but I don't even know really how it evolved. But I think like somebody like back in the day, you know how they always added like an eighter or two the like last name or whatever they were calling ah. so somebody and i i feel like it might have come from aaron um but i got stuck with a long time with castrator and so <laughs> like people would meet me and she'd be like this is castrator and people would just be like what <laughs> like that's, that's a little frightening like why do they call you castrator and just you know it was one of those like my last name just kind of flowed into it just like yours and yeah. um I'm, i certainly wasn't cast reading anything no. um but i think yeah. it was just a fun funny nickname and so that stuck for a long time but a lot of people that knew me in high school or knew me in college even um they also call me caster like that's uh right. i think it confused when people like call me ashley or <laughs> you know, like say my last name and they're like, oh yeah, I forget you're not caster anymore, but I'm still going to call you caster because that's how I know you. So um, other than that, I didn't really have any nicknames. Oh, my dad gave me some that kind of stuck. Um, I was in a lot of car crashes, like wasn't a very defensive driver. Okay. So I got a lot of smashly and crashly. And so uh, those stuck a little bit with my friends because I think they thought it was funny. Um, so yeah. <laughs> We aren't currently smashly, are we? No, I actually like learned to be a defensive driver. And so kind of funny of like the eight crashes I had been in. um, Yes, I know. Right. They were all very like from the time that I was 16 until 18. uh, Every single one of them was somebody else's fault except for one. One 
was my fault. And even they said that we were both at fault because the ladies brake lights weren't working and I was following her too closely and ran into the back of her. But uh-huh. like, you know, I was stopped at a stop sign and got sideswiped in the high school parking lot because of the sun in people's eyes. Yeah. Another time I got rear-ended while I was stopped at another stoplight. Um, and then I got turned into kind of by our houses, like on Gray's Gables where yeah. somebody was turning and it was icy and they just couldn't stop in time to avoid my car. So they just turned into my car. So those types of things. But yes, I'm a much, much better driver now. I better knock on wood because it's been a long time. <laughs> hey, that's good. That's good. I'm glad your dad isn't throwing that one down anymore. You know. He and, might. He ah. might. <laughs> he likes to tell people how like awful I was uh, of a driver. And I spat a lot. I used to get pulled over. Um, by a couple of police officers that would then promptly tell my dad that, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah we yeah. saw Ashley, she was speeding. <laughs> Thankfully didn't get any tickets. That was good. Yeah. The good old days. Right. Oh. The good old days. Good old days. <laughs> and, Cause I would always run in the same police officers. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had they, like three. They believed I was such a good kid in high school. I had, I had, they gave me a lot of good free passes. And I thank them to the day. Yes. For all that, all that kind will and everything. Uh, I wasn't a speeder. I had crappy cars. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, because so they can't go that fast. Um, I'd always like wait till like till I was like needed to be home for curfew. Oh, and yeah. I was like, oh, I got to go. And then I would just speed home. And then, of course, not realizing because you're young and dumb that if you get pulled over by the police, then it's going to take 10 times longer to get home. And then you're yeah. going to have to explain that you were speeding and you weren't really paying attention to curfew anyway. Um, which is kind of funny because I don't think that my dad ever really knew if I was making it home on time. But the perception was there. So I guess that worked. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of very kind officers that, you know, gave me gifts by letting me go other than telling my dad that they pulled me over. Oh yeah. <laughs> but that was uh, the nice thing about being in Laramie is yes, I ran yeah. into the same three or four. Do what, when was your, what time was your curfew? So I had a midnight curfew. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, um, for those of the people out there that don't know, my dad was a judge. And so yeah. My curfew was midnight because my legal curfew was midnight. So anybody under ah. the age of 18 on the weekends, so weekends, so Friday, Saturday, curfew was midnight. Weekdays, curfew was 10. So my dad said I had to be home before legal curfew. Um, I don't know if he would have given me a later curfew, but uh, he might have. I, like you, a lot of people thought I was a really good kid. Um, not knowing that the bad ideas were sometimes mine. Um, and so I remember like parents being like, of course you can hang out with Ashley. She's such a good kid. Um, or, you know, if we got caught for doing something silly, uh, one time, one of my friends and I got caught sneaking out and I think it was partially my idea in part, there had to have been, I had to have been part of it at some point in time. And the mom got really mad at my friend and was just like, I can't believe that you put Ashley through this and I'm not going to call her dad because I know she was not a part of this and she felt pressured to do it by you. So, um, yeah, I think that a lot of parents thought I was a really good kid and little did they know. <laughs> it's to assume the judge's daughter is yes. pure and innocent and doesn't do crazy yes. stuff and right. only can be influenced, not be the influencer. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's the only life you knew. 
Yeah, so, it is yeah, true. It's, it's, it is true. Early in life, you know. Uh, yeah, it, um, I think. Uh, I, well, I don't want to give away because that's usually the last question is how we met. But my mom used to give me crap because she was like, can we run around that judge's daughter? And I was like, <laughs> He's younger than you. And I was like, I get mom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I was a good kid um, through high school. Um, I didn't drink or I didn't do anything. Uh, my mom gave me a one o'clock curfew because I had a senior girlfriend and we end up like falling asleep on the couch. And my mom was like, you guys got to be, she asked, she didn't have a curfew. And he's like, guys, you have to be home and away from each other by one. And I remember I went to college when I went, came back for like probably Thanksgiving break. So right around this time, um, I remember walking out the door. My mom's like, be home by curfew. And I laughed, <laughs> laughed. And was was home whenever I chose the time. So that worked like, for you? Yeah, it worked. Um, I feel like if I did that, that would not work well. Oh, well, because I was a boy. It oh. definitely, <laughs> like, when I told my sisters about it, they were like, what? Yeah, I can't believe that. And I was like, yeah, I did laugh and it came home when I didn't want it to. Yeah. If I it was close to one, laugh. Yeah. It would have been like, oh, I said midnight. I meant 10. <laughs> like, I'm in college. I've been living a different life now. And I wouldn't have to, I wouldn't want to have to make that speech. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, is like I had a curfew, but like my, well, I think throughout high school, my parents traveled a lot on the weekends. And so wow. even though I had a curfew, my stepbrother watched me like my sophomore year. Um, but he didn't care what I did or when I came home or what he was just like, yeah. whatever, just don't die. Um, <laughs> don't die. Don't get arrested. Those are yeah. the only two things I need you to not do. And then my junior year, um, you know, I kind of just came and went and did my, like, even though I had a curfew, I still didn't really have a curfew because my parents were usually out of town. I jumped back and forth between college and high school, but um, people can follow along. Did you have a job while you were in high school, college? Um, so I actually did a lot of babysitting when I was in high school. So I had some girls um, at two different families that I watched their girls for the entire summer uh, for a couple of years, which was a great job when you're in high school because yeah. you get to play with kids all day and, you know, um, as long as you don't burn the house down, you don't hurt the kids, you're doing great. So that was nice. And in fact, one of the families that I babysat for, it was in a house that I used to live in. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So that was cool. Uh, I watched them for a long time. And then the other family was uh, a family of um, a, a law enforcement officer and an attorney that my parents knew. So um, fun times. And then my first like real job, and I, I, say real job because it was somebody that actually I had to fill a W9 out for and do all of the fun stuff um, was Godfather's Pizza. Oh. So I worked there for a summer and there was like, it was crazy because I loved working there because I would call in because we would got half off of pizzas. So I would be ordering pizzas for parties and I would call in and they would be like, Ashley, we are too busy. Just come make the pizzas yourself and you can have them for free. So um yeah it was great so i would just go in and make pizzas for a party and say peace out see y'all later so um but i only worked there for 
the summer because then I got a job at the Poke Skeller, which is that little convenience store. I don't think they have it in the unit. Oh, yeah. Washakie. Yeah. So I worked there during school. So uh-huh. and then I did a bunch of service industry jobs. So I worked at Wingers, um, Wingers. for a bit. Wingers, right? I smelled awful every time. Uh, that's when I was uh, rooming with Becky and she would hang my uniform out of the window because it smelled so bad. Um, and then I worked at Vitali's and then I was at Grand Avenue Pizza and Lovejoy's. So I worked everywhere. Wow. I never got it. I never worked in food service. I was so close. almost worked at Hardee's. Um, and Kmart called and was like, you still want a job? And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I was waiting on like pants for Hardee's, but I never like served food. Um, the closest I came to was like working at Lovejoy's and they were yeah. was DJ and they were yeah. food, but otherwise escaped it. Um, some mad respect for people with the work in food industry. I, I saw that from at Lovejoy's and I was like, uh, you know, don't fuck with people that serve your food. That's kind of, you know, you know, it's so funny. Yeah. So like, just to give a story when I was working at Lovejoy's, yeah. I had to quit Lovejoy's. I was managing Lovejoy's at the time and I had to quit because I was going to law school and Um, they like, you couldn't work more than so many hours while you were going to law school. You had to sign a little contract that said that you wouldn't work more than so many hours. And so, um, at that time I was like, well, I I can't do both. So I ended up like working there till the end of, um, the summer and then went to law school. And it was really funny because at the end of my first year of law school, there was this, this couple that were in my law school class. And they were like, yeah, we, um, we've been wanting to tell you this, but we didn't know you well enough to tell you this, but like, you are that, that bitch waitress <laughs> at Lovejoy's that we had the first time that we came here to get ready for school. And I was like, I was a bitch, huh? And they were like, well, I mean, in fairness, we could see why you were being a bitch because, you know, we had asked for you to go get more pineapple for our buffalo wings. And at the time they had mixed all the pineapples and the jalapenos in the sauce and, you know, they mixed them with the wings. And so it was raw. (laughs) And so I was like, I can't get you any more pineapple because it's all mixed in together. And they were like, no, we want you to go get, you know, more pineapple. And I was like, I am not going to go back there and pick pineapple out of this like concoction of stuff. And not only that, it's not safe because the the chicken's raw. And so then they were like, well, we want to see the manager. And I was like, great. You're talking to her. (laughs) So I kind of, and it was one of those days and not really like I could have handled it better, but it was also like the ridiculousness that somebody wanted me to go pick out pineapple. And so when they were telling me the story, I was like, oh, I, I remember you guys. <laughs> I went back to the kitchen and was complaining about you guys and how ridiculous it is. And so um, yeah, you deal with a lot in, in food service. And so thankfully, you know, the owner of Lovejoy's was really cool about letting us handle things when people were being difficult. So he always yeah. had our back, which was great. Um, I never really had an issue with that. And so the funny thing about it all is at the end of the day, they were like, and we gave you a really big tip. <laughs> I was like, of course, because you probably felt bad for me because yeah. I was just irritated and not happy with the world. Yeah. Oh, I, even as a DJ, like I, I still get running to people that are like, oh, you probably remember me because I was annoying about this song. And I was like, no, I remember the annoying people. Yeah. So no, I don't remember <laughs> you doing that. I said, I got some. And there was there was one time, or the worst was play something good, which is the worst thing you could ever say to a DJ. Right. Yeah. And then um, okay, they're like, play Madonna, knowing full well they want to hear like the newest, latest Madonna. 
Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm playing like a virgin. You just said yeah. Madonna. I like it. Yeah. And I'm also like, I'm not a, I'm a DJ. I'm not a jukebox. So I don't repeat songs all that often. You better come with some money or drinks. Yeah. And, Alan. and so um, I get girls mostly would come in and be like, play this song. And I was like, I played it like a half hour ago. We'll play it again. I was like, I tap my tip jar. <laughs> um, and, and I was like, only be a lot of the times. Cause I was like, yeah, I don't want to listen to the same top 40 songs every night I DJ it. I got to do something different and it's got to be a different experience than what was last night. And I was like, I would always be like, do you go around to the same bar and ask for the same song? drink the same drink what's the point ever leaving the set with the bar like it's like Groundhog uh, day yeah and and so um or people would touch my stuff like i can change cds or i can do change this and i'd just be like do i know you like i don't even <laughs> let my friends do that like uh, you suddenly think that i might have stepped away you know and you can just play my music so right you're hired <laughs> yeah it, that kind of stuff. Um, good thing I'm not DJ anymore. Like in bars, I do DJ at weddings and all that stuff. I get less irritated, I, and weddings pay much more. So I'd be like, oh, yeah. we'll, "We'll play Cotton Eye Joe all day long if you want. Like you're paying for it. So yeah, we're gonna do this. We um, can get rid of that song too. Yeah, well, I mean, there's <laughs> there's a there's songs out there. I don't I don't know. I'm trying to think. I talked to other DJs. Like, what's the most annoying song you requested? Um. My one friend, he hates Billy Joel, Billy Idol, Money Money. Huh. He yes. wants to shoot things when that comes on. <laughs> I could see that if you had to yeah. play it and listen to it over and over again. Every once in a while, it's okay. But sure, yeah. yeah. But not every wedding. Like I would might right. like not play it for one like a couple of weddings in a row if I was DJ. I'm like, we're gonna avoid this as much as you can. There's a lot of other sing along songs out there. So yeah, there's a uh, ton I, of them. Try, and variety I, is always nice. Yeah, I can't think of a song that totally annoys me. Um, where I just am like, ugh, not this again. <laughs> I know I I thoroughly retired YMCA. I cannot remember the last time I played YMCA at any like I bet George W. Bush was president. If that <laughs> we may even go further back. It was just something that I didn't hate it. It's just something that fell out of my just repertoire of music. And I don't think that many people request anymore. And so it seems like one of those wedding songs, but I don't get, I don't get it at the wedding. So I don't play it, but it's just kind of fell out of my uh, classic songs. Yeah. That people play here. Yeah. It, it, the, the tales of working in service industries. Uh, I mean, that's a whole podcast in itself. Yes, it really yeah. is. It then, really is. You could write a book on it. Yeah. The people that need to listen to it will never listen to it. <laughs> I've been with a few people where I was like embarrassed, like we are customers and I had to like pull the waiter, which side. And I was like, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Like I'm yelling at the person every time you leave the table because they're being a dick and they don't have to be. And, and so here's more money. Yeah. That's what I did. Dealing with did. that hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, sorry, and so, you and deal also, with all my asshole yeah. friends. Here's 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm more, I'm more, I, I get that. And also, I mean, but also I think you got to do a good job too. Like yeah. you can't just oh, yeah. collect your duty in this area. Like there's plenty of people out there like, you know, I'm doing the bare minimum, but. Um, you know, I had a really hard time with that for the longest time of 
tipping as a service, you know, was given. So sure. my husband has no problem doing that where he'll be like, you know, they were crappy. They ignored us. They never came. They never did this. And you, I mean, at some point, yeah, he was like, you're never going to learn <laughs> if you do, if they don't, you know, have the message. And I was always yeah. like 20% every single time. Um, for us, you really have to kind of mess up royally, but I do, I mean, I'll still give them a tip. It just will be a very obvious, like you didn't do very good type of tip, but yeah, I mean, I had a hard time with that for the longest time and I still had a little bit of heart for knowing all the crap that they have to go through. So, yeah. you know, if it's a kitchen mess up, I get that the kitchen does that. And you, if your food comes out late, like that's not necessarily the server's fault. Oh yeah. I mean, there's lots of things where they're just, they're the front facing person so yeah. oh yeah i get that and and generally i mean i always think i'm uh, in this day and age whatever the standard you know 20 percent or 15 back in the day yeah. uh, i usually i usually start from there and then go up for better service but i'm not yeah. really going you deserve five percent or anything like that <laughs> the worst situation i was in um uh, somehow in New York, I, we were at like a upstate bar. So it's not like Manhattan or anything. Um, and I get tasked with like collecting money for the bill. And we gave her the money and a tip. 20%. It wasn't, it was 20. Um, she brings it back to me, puts it in my hand, says I work for tips. And I went, what? Like you had money. You had yeah. 20, like nothing nothing to sneeze at and i went not tonight and i stuck yeah. it in my pocket. Yeah, like, no. that's ballsy move i was never doing anything like that only like i see they've done in movies and they've seen tv shows where they give them like you know a two dollar tip on a you know two hundred dollar meal or something i, I kind of I, that's i oh, understand yeah. where that's coming from but i was yeah. not shorting her by any means um and i didn't think we were out of control or demanding a lot or anything yeah. like that so no, yeah i, mean, I, I would felt never bad give, but i was like man eh, there you go yeah I, I would never give less than 15 percent, even if it was horrible horrible service and and neither would my husband for that matter like yeah 15 is our low like you did sure. not do a good job at all um but yeah you know the thing that i that annoys me and it's kind of my one of my pet peeves is like when they got a big table you're expecting you know to add gratuity and so you know when they automatically add gratuity i'm okay with that but like sure. be honest about it and be like hey i added gratuity or whatever i hate i hate it when servers try to sneak that by and hope you don't notice it and then give the gratuity on oh. top of it so like if you tell me i'm adding gratuity i will then give you extra if you don't tell right. me i'm like nope you're getting you're getting what you're getting and that's it because <laughs> yeah, i just yeah. i feel like should be transparent about what you're doing of course yeah, yeah. and like yeah i mean not everyone knows not so like every eight and up is usually yep it's going to be implied it's going to be on the bill um but yeah you should be up front going there's eight of you i'm gonna apply the gratuity before they bring you the bill and yeah. then yeah you can give them extra that that's that's fair that's yeah. fair I like that right uh yeah um so speaking of jobs, you go through law school. You're you're a better student than you were in high school and, and much better. Off. Yeah. <laughs> um, what'd you want to do? What'd you want to did you want to practice law? Did you want to just have a law degree? What was your plan after that? So I went to law school thinking that I was gonna, you know, 
go be in the FBI and, and fight serial killers. And that's originally like what my big plan was. I get to law school and I'm like, I don't know if I really want to do that. Like that doesn't, it doesn't have the same allure as you get older. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so then I really focused on corporate and business law the entire time in taxation law when I was in law school. And then when I got out of law school, um, it was kind of whatever you could get. So I did, I had a hard time because my dad was um, the judge here. And so most of the firms that I was looking at or talking to, they were like, we'd love to hire you, but conflict with your dad. So we can't, you know, we can't hire you because oh. we can't practice in your dad's court then. And so it's totally understandable. Like I, yeah. I got it. And so it was one of those, if I was going to stay in Laramie, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to commute. So I actually took a job in Cheyenne um, commuting and they had hired me to do a lot of their business uh, law type stuff and some of their like estate planning and stuff. But they didn't really, they were known as a family law firm. And so they didn't really have a lot of that business type stuff coming in. I did a couple of, uh, I did have a couple of like business clients, but um you know, I got to do family law and it takes a really special person to do family law. Yeah. And I can say that uh, the drive over to Cheyenne was a nice time for me to get ready for the day <laughs> mentally and prepare. And then the drive home was always a great time to decompress and be like, I mean, people going through divorces and people fighting over children, they really are at their worst, most of them. I mean, there are some yeah. people that can rise above it, but it's awful what people do and how they treat each other. And you're like, it's kind of crazy because you guys loved each other at one point in your life. And now you totally hate each other and you can't look that what you're doing is hurting your children. So I was like looking to get out of it. I was like, I just need to get out of this. And interestingly enough, I got a phone call um, from Becky and her mom worked on city council or she was uh, on city council at the time. And they said, we have a prosecutor job um, that we're looking to hire. And I think that Ashley would be great to apply for this job. So criminal law was not even, not even on my blip, but I was like, if it means that I can be in Laramie and not have to commute back and forth to Cheyenne, I'll give it a go. So it was at the city of Laramie. And so I actually then was a city prosecutor for eight years at the city of Laramie. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Right. So something I never thought I would do, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I did not enjoy when I saw people I knew, like, that's always like, when you look up and you're like, Oh, really? Like, I don't, you know, I, I, I get it. Like, I don't, I don't look down on you cause you got charges. I probably should have had some charges when I was younger too, but like, it just kind of sucks when you look up and see somebody that you went to high school with, or you went to college with. And so, um, I really enjoyed it. I did a lot of DUI work. That's primarily mm -hmm. what I did because that's what went to trial a lot you know speeding trials nobody really cares about speeding tickets or parking tickets or um you know underage consumption tickets those types of things but I did a lot of DUI work so then it kind of landed me into the position I have now so I'm currently the traffic safety resource prosecutor for the entire state of Wyoming oh, so wow. I'm still employed with the city of Laramie um it's a pass-through grant from the highway safety office at YDOT and so now I just train law enforcement officers and prosecutors um, on impaired driving. So and I provide technical assistance. So if a prosecutor or law enforcement officer needs me to answer a question or they need any help with their impaired driving cases, then that's what I do. So it's interesting to think that I'm now doing impaired driving work and that's like my focus because that was nowhere. That was not even, in, it, I don't even think that was ever a thought in my mind. It was like, oh, I'm going to be doing DUI work, but that's what I do. <laughs> 
good thing because yeah. now this day and age of uh, calling people to drive you places uh, via an app on your phone, there's yeah. impaired driving out there. Uh-huh. Uh, um, yeah. So we got to prosecute. I get it. We got to keep our officers up to date on what to look for because people shouldn't be driving all drunk or whatever. They shouldn't be. And unfortunately, sometimes they get really good attorneys and those attorneys cost a lot of money. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> that, yeah. That's why they cost a lot of money because they're really good at what they do. Yeah. So yeah, prosecutors often need um, help with those because they're really technical uh, with, you know, chemical testing and breath yeah. samples and blood samples. And, um, you know, and the thing about it, too, is like a, a murder case is easier to prosecute because most of your jury hasn't committed a murder, <laughs> but when you're looking at your jury and uh, you got some sympathy where they're yeah. go by the grace of I, like, you know, I didn't get caught. So they have a little, you know, they feel bad for them sometimes. And so that, it's a tough hurdle to overcome, or they can understand the predicament or position that person yeah. is in. So yeah. uh, they can be very difficult cases to prosecute. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Glad I'm not in law. But yeah, you unless you look really bad on video, which most of them do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh boy, buddy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In this day and age, yeah, you guys got probably a video case. Yeah. You, oh yeah. And, and the video is just getting uh, better. Like when I yeah. prosecuted, when I was actually in the courtroom, the video was super grainy. Couldn't see much. Uh, you always had to like describe what was going on. And now it's like HD, like the highway yeah. patrol just got some really <laughs> sweet cameras and they're like outfitted in their car and then they have the body cameras and they're, they're sweet. Like, I'm like, this is like a video. I can watch this and see exactly what's happening. So that makes it easier as well. I watch a show on ID. God, what's the name of it? Uh, where, where it's all like murder cases solved via, via like cameras that are, you yeah. know, and and stuff but then i'm like these are such the worst cameras they've gotten better in days but i was like these are terrible cameras but at least they saw they showed somebody there but it, it's interesting so it's i don't know if it's caught on tape i don't think it's that one i can't remember what the name of it's called but yeah i watch it because i work in working in the video industry i'm very like like oh you shouldn't ah. the, you shouldn't put the camera there you shouldn't put it here. <laughs> Well, it's uh, fascinating what like ring yeah. cameras will catch now, like yeah. doorbell cameras and oh, yeah. people's house cameras. And I mean, solving crime is just, it gets easier. I mean, they get smarter, but it yeah. gets a little easier because we have more tools. Oh yeah. I have, I have a camera in my front door, but it doesn't show anywhere else. But my front door is like, police came and saw it like, oh, there's murder across the street. I'd be like, good luck. Cause it's not <laughs> on this video. Cause it just has my front door. Yeah, uh, mine goes all the way out to the like the street. So I guess yeah. that happened in the street. Yeah. <laughs> but and it so, would track somebody driving by. Yeah. Oh yeah. You could definitely get somebody like, oh, there was a red truck in the neighborhood that you know robbed a bunch of people and that red truck yeah. went by your house. You could definitely get the time of it. Um, that'd be helpful. But yeah, I don't have anything like that. I'm just like, it's on my front door. Like <laughs> my old house kind of hit the corner street, so I could kind of see stuff. So I could definitely get the people driving by, but this one's in the corner where it's just, I see who's there and that's about it. And which is like, I'm okay with that. Cause I don't want to know what's going on with my neighbors. I don't I, want to keep my cameras on them right now. Um, yeah, no, I so far totally so agree. good. Good, great neighbors up here. I look, we live on Hidalgo now. Okay. Um, yeah. We are on Navajo now in Hidalgo. Um, never left that neighborhood. 
Um, it's a neighborhood. Since I could drive, I've always driven Gray's Gable. Like, always. And Isn't that crazy? I know. Growing up, I was on Granito and then Comanche yeah. and Frontera. So, yeah. I thought... Um, when we were going to get a new house from our old house, we were going to get closer to quote unquote town uh-huh. and, uh, did not, we looked at a bunch, but this one, this one's pretty cool. I do admit it's got a lot going on and the true test comes up, uh, this week with Thanksgiving, uh, oh. girlfriends, family. Um, I mean, they've come to visit, but we had a much smaller house. Now it's bigger, two more adults, four kids. Um, we won't be on top of each other. Yeah. So I was like, this is why I bought the house. <laughs> so it'll be good. Um, That's how you know you're becoming an adult root is yeah. you say the house needs to accustom and accommodate yep. Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, um, I mean, it's got more stairs that we use on a daily basis than as opposed to our other place that I use more of the stairs because my studio was upstairs. But this place, yeah, it's like three flights of six stairs. It's got four levels technically. Yeah. Yeah. Bathrooms. Um, not on the, in the basement, which is where my studio's at. And like it's barry, it's cool. Um, yeah, it's it's but like my mom was so jealous. And she lived like in our old house, like owned it before us. And she's like, You live in like the the fancy neighborhood now. And I was like, well, maybe like at the end of the street, I'm not like at the top of the, the food chain here. I was like, just the last house. But yeah, it's a good neighborhood. I can see the golf course from here. Yeah. So, and speaking of the neighborhood, mm-hmm. got my last question for you. Yeah. She was called on my friends, Justin Flaskrude. How'd we meet? So we never met, I don't think, officially on Comanche. Um, we, I mean, we did, but we sure. didn't. So like the first time I met you... Um, I knew of you because we lived across the street from each other um, on Comanche. And so I would see you when I would be walking to the the bus stop (laughs) that told you how young I was. I think I might have been in middle school Um, walking to the bus stop. I would see you like get in your car or warm up your car or whatever. And uh, you kind of just in passing. But the first time I met you, um, I was in high school. So the first time I like talked to you. I was in high school and we were going to a party. Um, it was kind of by downtown, by the tree area, kind of. And it was like a an apartment that was you, you had to access it using a flight of stairs. Oh, wow. And I like ran into you on the stairway. You guys were helping some drunk person out. Of, like, I think you were taking them home or something because they had had too much to drink. And you stopped and you were like, you're my neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah. (laughs) And so you're like, I'll talk to you in a little bit. I'll be back. And so um, then I talked to you at the party later on. And so that's that's how we officially met. But um, yeah, a lot of in passing. Like I saw you coming in and out. And um, I remember your little sister and stuff. And I attended a New Year's Eve party at your house. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, um, but officially met on the stairway at some random, and that's why I don't even know. Like, I think I've been to the house maybe once or twice, but some stairway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like something I would say. So, Charlie <laughs> and Belaine here, um, your statement there. I'm trying to think of the, the apartments over there. There'd be a party at, because yeah, you were a freshman, I was a senior, but we weren't in the same schools. 
Right. So yeah, yeah, you'd wear like your cheerleading outfit too. Ride the bus yeah. and get in the car. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're like, hey, there's the neighbor wearing yeah. the scout uh cheerleading outfit. So yeah. And I was probably really pissed off because I hated riding the bus. Yeah. It was cold. I really hated it. Oh, yeah. Especially if I was in my cheerleading uniform. But you know, too cool to put on like leggings or sweatpants over my cheerleading uniform. Like I had to just brave the cold. So yeah, I was probably real, like not much of a morning person. So most of the time you saw me, I was probably like, uh, <laughs> have uh, to go to school. I was probably the same way because my car sucked. So I had to start it up, warm, let it warm up until that. Yep. So I was probably angry. And then I, yeah, I sucked at mornings. And there were times that I would see you like scraping your, your windshield. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, um, I remember like being in college and I call it the trickle down, like not trickle down, but yeah, it is Laramie effect. Um, cause I'm a freshman in college. I got friends that are still in high school and yeah. I got friends that are younger, friends are younger and it just goes down. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there were times where I'm like, I hope they're at least in high school, not like <laughs> Junior high girl. Not junior high. <laughs> yeah, I was like, at least hoping that's a thing here. Um, but I remember one time, I don't know who it was, is a circle of your friends. We're we're having our uh, New Year's Eve party. It's gotta be at Ray's. And you guys are standing in the middle of the room and you're like, I can't believe how many high school girls are here. <laughs> and I I turn it over and I go, You were the high school girls here for the <laughs> longest time. And you guys like, you're like, yeah, I know, but it's different now <laughs> Now that we're in college. And I was like, well, yeah, and maybe we'll have less of them because yeah. now you guys are of a, or at least in college. And so I was like, um, yeah, maybe we'll have less high school girls. Now I was all for that um, because I was like, they all got midnight curfews, man. This sucks. They all got to leave early. So yeah. we have them at our parties. That's yeah. No, I mean, it's funny. I re actually remember that moment. Um, <laughs> but it is different. Like, and it's funny because when you're in high school, I could never understand why people had such a problem with all the high school kids there. But then you get into college and it's totally understandable. Like, first of all, y'all could get in trouble, like for having yes. minors drinking yes. at your party. And then, you know, um, high school and college are such different worlds. Like it's yes. fun to catch up with people, but you're in completely different worlds and different priorities and different, you know, places in life. So yes, raise the ranch. Oh, I, yes. uh, I remember when his neighbor called my dad to let my dad, or maybe it was my stepmom to let my stepmom know that I was hanging out there a lot and it was very concerning. <laughs> and I, I remember getting a little bit of like a, you know, if these are college kids, you probably shouldn't be hanging out with them, but that was it. Like I didn't get in trouble. It's, I think the intended, the intended purpose behind the phone call was to get me to stop hanging out there, but it didn't. So <laughs> you're like, maybe next time you're over, hey, right, right. So yeah, just want to make sure you know I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I did do that. Like it was very like obvious about like, yeah. hey, what's going on? Waving at you. Call my parents. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. I, that was a great story. And I want to thank you for uh, being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So much fun. I want to thank Ashley for being on the show. I feel bad that we didn't talk about two very, very important people in her life. 
her husband and her son. Maybe we'll get to that in another episode. Uh, maybe we won't. But we did cover a lot of different subject matter in this episode, and it was great catching up with her. I look forward to the next time we can chat. She did mention a girl named Becky a few times during her interview. And if you want to learn more about Becky, she is episode number 10 on this show. So if you haven't listened to all the episodes, go back and listen to all of them. But make sure you listen to episode 10. Becky Kosach is the name of the episode. All right, on to our next episode. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. <laughs>